स्टोरीज फ्रॉम उपनिषद्स रिटोल्ड बाय अर्घ्या गोस्वामी Dear friends and listeners today's episode is very important as it talks about one of the four mahavakyas mentioned in the upanishads tat tvam asi which means that art thou or that is you today's story is about the great vedic sage udalaka aruni and his son shwetaketu This story is mentioned in Chandogya Upanishad 6 Prapataka or section Before we start today's story a bit about both the principal characters Sage Udalaka is mentioned in many philosophical discussions mentioned in both Chandogya and Brihada Aranyaka Upanishad which are the two of the oldest Upanishads He lived few centuries before Gautam Buddha and one of the most well known Vedic teacher and guru It is believed that he lived around 7th century BCE. According to Ben Ami Skarstein, a professor emeritus of philosophy at Tel Aviv University, Udalaka Aruni was one of the first philosophers in the recorded history. Devi Prasad Chattopadhyay, the famous Marxist philosopher, established him as the first natural scientist in the intellectual history of the world. He was the first ever sage to find out that the world including human beings is fundamentally made up of three elements food water and heat in fact today we will learn about it in much detail udalaka aruni was the descendant of gautama lineage from kuru panchala region he was pupil of his father sage aruna and patanchala kapya he defeated prachanya yoga sauchiya and likely bhadrasena ajata shatrava in debate friends please don't get confused with ajata shatru here bhadrasena ajata shatrava was a brahmin priest at the time of udalaka aruni and yagyavalka much earlier than king ajata shatru you may remember that in my earlier episode in which i talked about the debate between yagyavalka and gargi vachaknavi i briefly spoke about Udalaka Aruni and how he was defeated by Yagyavalka in King Janaka's symposium Ironically sage Udalaka Aruni was the teacher or guru of Yagyavalka Sometimes in many scriptures he was also called Vajrasravas Now let me bring in some controversy as per the various puranas and scriptures it is not very clear that Vajrasravas was Udalaka Aruni as there may be some differences between the names Udalaki Aruni and Udalaki Aruni as per Max Muller the renowned indologist at Oxford claims them to be different person however as per Adi Shankaracharya he considered him to be the same aruni in his bhashya or commentaries on upanishad if we believe adi shankaracharya's commentary then sage udalaka aruni is sage vajrasravas and he had three children named nachiketa shwetaketu and sujata we all know nachiketa's story from katha upanishad if not please do listen to my retelling of the famous story in this podcast series If we believe in Max Muller's theory then Udalaka Aruni was a different sage from the same lineage of sage Vajrasravas who was father of Nachiketa Another controversy It's also believed that Shwetaketu was not the biological child of sage Udalaka Aruni It is believed that sage practiced niyoga in which a woman has a man other than her husband father a child with her either because her husband is unable to father a child or because he is dead 
This story is kind of touched in Adi Parva of Mahabharata during a conversation between Kunti and Pandu before the divine births of their children through Niyoga with Lord Dharma, Vayu, Indra and Ashwini Kumars. There are many confusions in such offshoot stories in various scriptures as we know that Udalaka Aruni's daughter was Sujata who was married to sage Kahoda and the famous deformed sage Ashtavakra was the son of Sujata and Kahoda. Let me now talk about a bit on Shwetaketu, son of sage Udalaka Aruni. He is known for many things. He was one who abolished polyandry, the practice of a wife having multiple husbands, as described in Adi Parva of Mahabharata, a husband having multiple wives, on the other hand is well-established practice. And he was the uncle of the famous sage Ashtravakra, the purported author of Ashtravakra Gita. He is said to have written a text which formed the basis of a certain work of Vatsayana. Shwetaketu has been referenced across several Upanishads. He is referenced in Brihada Aranyak Upanishad, Chandogya Upanishad and also in Kaushitaki Upanishad. My dear friends, let's concentrate on today's story. Today's episode is an ode to the great sage Odalaka Aruni and his Mahavakya Tattvam Asi. Sage Odalaka had a son named Shwetaketu. Until the age of 12, he was like a normal child, spending his time playing with his friends, playing pranks on others and was having a gala time of his life. The great sage thought that it was time when Shwetaketu must be initiated into Brahminhood and must be sent to a Gurukul for learning and understanding Vedic scriptures. One day, the sage called upon young Shwetaketu and told, Soumya, there has never been one in our family who is a Brahmin by birth. All of our ancestors were well versed in Vedic scriptures and I think so you should be. Shwetaketu, like an obedient son, agreed and went away to a Gurukul of Sandipan Muni. He spent 12 long years learning Vedas and other Vedic scriptures, which was an achievement in itself. It was a popular belief then that one can learn all four Vedas and other Vedic scriptures in 48 years. However, Shwetaketu was able to learn them in just 12 years. He had grown into a handsome man with somewhat arrogant with his supreme achievement, self-assured and bit of swagger. He considered himself to be the master of Vedas. When he returned home from his tutelage, he touched the feet of his mother and father. The sage now asked his son, Soumya, what will you do next? Shwetaketu grinned and said, Next, <laughs> I want to win the symposium and debates in King Janaka's courtroom. As soon as he said that, the sage understood that his son was sinking into a quicksand of amor propre. So he wanted to bring him back into the paths of humility and non-arrogance. He was aware that Brahmagyana and pride were highly incompatible. A person stricken with egoism and pride cannot realize the Self or Brahman. So, Sage decided to teach his son. He asked him, Soumya, I believe you are now familiar with that wisdom by which you can hear the unheard, think the unthought and know the unknown. On hearing such a question from his father, Shwetaketu was taken aback. It seemed that his knowledge of scriptures was superficial and couldn't grasp the import of his father's question. He wondered how it was possible that unknown, unheard and unthinkable could come within reach of thought and mind. Puzzled and shaken, he asked his father, 
Oh, my reverend father, I thought I had learned and discovered a lot in past 12 years, but I am afraid that I am not familiar with the wisdom you are asking. Perhaps my acharyas and gurus in the Gurukul never taught me this. I believe it will be best if you tell me about that. Saying that Shweta Ketu sat at his father's feet with folded hands and looked at him eagerly. Udalaka was happy to see his son so eager to learn. He understood that his hunger for knowledge is still there and not crushed under the weight of his arrogance. Udalaka said, I'll tell you my son, follow me please. Then the sage took his son outside his home into a lush green fields and sat down at the spot where a lump of clay was lying. He smiled and said to his son, It is like this son, if you know well the essence of something, you will know everything that carries that essence. Even if it takes on hundreds of forms and shapes or may bear thousands of different names. Then he picked up a lump of clay in his hand and said, Soumya, for instance, by knowing a lump of clay, its texture, its feel, how it moves on the wheel of a potter, how it forms shapes with your hand, you can create thousands of articles from it. You may not know all their names, even know them, but in essence, what you will always know that it is always made up of clay. It is clay. So, clay is the cause, whereas these articles made from clay, such as a clay pot, is the effect. Udalaka paused for a while. Shwetaketu nodded and looked still bit confused. Udalaka continued, Okay, let me give you another example. But knowing just one trinket made of copper, one knows and understands everything else made of copper. Everything else has different names, just a name, have different form, which is just a form. But in reality, truth, it is the copper. Similarly, Soumya, if you observe any object made from iron, one understands everything made of iron. It may have different names and forms, but in reality, it is only iron. If you take a lump of gold, melt it to make beautiful ornaments, then if we melt it again, they would reduce to its original form, that is lump of gold. Thus gold is the cause, whereas whatever goldsmith makes are its effects. It is like this, Swamya. By understanding the one true reality of the universe, you understand every other thing in the universe. Never mind that it is present in millions of forms and names. Shwetaketu sat up, looking very inquisitive and eager to understand further. He said, That makes lot of sense, Bhagwan. But all those wise men and acharyas never told me or taught me about this one supreme reality, that one universal essence, that is by understanding which everything in the universe may be understood. Please tell me more, Father. I am eager to know about it. Friends, just a small break here from the story. Doesn't it feel you warm and fuzzy that Udalaka, the teacher in this case, addresses Shweta Ketu, his son, as Soumya. That means, dear one, in Upanishads, most of the time the teacher addresses their students as Soumya and the student addresses the teacher as Bhagwan, the powerful, respected, worshipped and blessed one. This indicates the mutual relationship between the student and the teacher. Now, coming back to the story, Udalaka stood up, smiled and patted his son and said, Very well, my son. Now listen very carefully. Udalaka went near a huge banyan tree and sat down in his cool shed. He asked his son to sit down beside him. Shwetaketu obediently followed his father and sat down beside him. 
Udalaka continued. In the very beginning, there was only being or one and only that without a second. Now, many people may tell you that in the beginning there was only non-being and only that without a second. But in my opinion, that is incorrect and flawed. How can all being emerge from a non-being? So, I will say that in the beginning, there was only being without a second. Shwetakirdu nodded and said, I agree, father. Udalaka continued. Then this being wished to become many. So, he started to emit heat, which is essential for any life form. Now, the heat propagated further. Heat produced water, which is again essential for life. Perhaps Shwetaketu, when a man feels hot, he sweats, and when he feels stressed out, he weeps. So heat emits water. Now water also started to propagate further, and from it came out food. That's why perhaps when it rains, there is no shortage of food. We have plenty full of crops all around. Then the life manifested itself as plants, animals and human beings. After this, Udalaka looked at the fields where cattle were grazing. The farmers were busy working on the crops. Shwetaketu too looked at the same direction. Now look round son at all the creatures in the universe. All of them are only born in three ways, either from the sprouts, from eggs, and from creatures that life essence Swamya combined with heat, water and food in a million of different ways to produce a million of different manifestations of the original being. Now that being entered everything as the self manifested himself under many forms. In other words, the being or the one permeated in everything that existed in this world. There is nothing in this universe that is not a mix of these. As the ancient sages say, however new and different something may look or may surprise us, but we know that it is only made of these three divinities, heat, water and food. Therefore it is clear that the knowledge of the being or the one implies the knowledge of everything else. We know that its life essence is the essence of one original being. Truly, there is nothing else. On hearing this from his father, Shwetaketu was quite baffled. He could not understand how the being could become many and the being remains unaffected. So, he asked his father, Tat, then tell me, how do these three divinities, heat, water and food, manifest in my body and in yours? Which part of your body is heat, which part is water and which part is food? Tell me, Tat. Please, I must understand it. Udalaka took a deep breath and said, Somya, all the food that you eat splits into three parts. The densest part passes out of the body. The not so dense part becomes the flesh and the lightest part becomes the mind. All the water you drink splits into three parts. The most viscous part passes out of the body, the less viscous part becomes the blood and the least viscous part rises in the body and becomes the breath. All the heat that you eat splits into three. The coarsest become the bone, not so coarse portion becomes the marrow and the least coarse portion becomes the speech. Friends, you may be wondering what is meant by heat that you eat. It means the fat such as oil, ghee and the butter which are produced by applications of heat. For example, oil seeds give out oil. It also means the heat of the sun. In modern day, doctors often say that you must stay in the sun so that you have enough vitamin D in your body. And friends, 
Vitamin D is very important for building the bones. So, that what exactly Upanishad talks about. Amazing, isn't it? Shwetketu, after listening to this explanation, counter-questioned his father. Tat, how can you be so sure of this? It is quite fascinating to think about that mind is made of food, breath made of water and speech made of heat. Udalaka smiled and stood up, asked Shwetketu to stand up. Somya, I would want you to fast for 15 days and drink only and only water for breath is made of water or else it will cut off if you don't drink. Make sure you do not eat any food in next 15 days. As an obedient son, Shwetaketu greeted his father with folded hands and went away for 15 days and observed fast. During the next 15 days, he drank only and only water. After 15 days, he came back home. He was looking pale, thin and weak, but very much alive. Seeing his son after 15 days, Udalaka welcomed him and said, Welcome my son, welcome back. Now recite to me the verses of Rig Veda, verses of Yajur and chants of Samaveda. Shwetketu sat down and tried to remember the verses. He tried for some time and finally gave up. He weakly said, I don't recall them, Tat. I studied them for 12 long years, but somehow I don't recall them at all. Udalaka smiled and said, I know. I know, my son, for the mind is made of food and since you have not eaten anything for last 15 days, your mind is not working. That's why you cannot recall your verses. Just like a small spark of fire that set ablaze a huge heap of straw and hay, similarly your mind will revive when you eat your food. The heat of the food produces will revive your tongue and allow your speech to flow. So go, immediately ask your mother for some food. Eat to your heart's content and come back to me. Shwetketu went to his mother and she was eager to feed her son as she knew that he was going through a very difficult fast for last 15 days. She was happy to get her son back. She immediately served him delicious meal. Shwetaketu ate to his heart's content and when done, he went back to his father. Udalaka now asked him if he can recall any of the Rig Veda verses. After nourishment through food, his memory came back. He could recite verses from Rig Veda, Yajur Veda and also chant the verses from Samaveda without any difficulty. Shwetaketu realized that mind belonged to the matter. Moreover, whatever is derived from something else cannot have its own independent existence. Thus, he felt that he was on the border of a great discovery. He understood that the mind is indeed made of food, breath indeed made of water and speech of heat. His father's teachings made him realize that what was needed is the change in outlook towards the reality. Drishti Bheda He now clearly understood that so long as one depends on the senses as a tools of knowledge, one is on the material side of things only. Thus, the absolute cannot be grasped. However, he realized another fact. The Absolute cannot be outside us because if it is outside, we might go on seeking and searching but never realize it. Shwetketu rejuvenated after his meals wanted to know more from his father. He asked, Father, please tell me more. Udalaka asked him, Samya, do you know what really happens in sleep? Shwetketu said, no, Tat, I don't know. 
Utalaka continued, Listen, Soumya, in the waking state, the mind is like a tethered bird, flying hither-tither in the rare frenzy and never finding rest. When sleep comes, just as the fettered bird returns to his perch, the mind bird, exhausted by all frenetic activities, returns to his true resting place, to his purest state, to breathe itself. For the mind is bound to breathe, and that's why a man is in a deep slumber. They say he has returned unto himself. Friends, I do not know if you feel the same or sometimes I feel when I am in deep sleep. I get a feeling that I am falling down somewhere for a fraction of a second. Is that the state when my mind comes back to his resting place, to his purest state? I'll be glad if you can share your thoughts or similar experiences. Please do write to me in my email address. Now, coming back to the story. Udalaka continued. Soumya, do you know what it means when they say a man is hungry? Shwet Ketu nodded. Udalaka continued. Soumya, it means that water has laid away all the food he has previously eaten to various parts of his body. When a man is thirsty, it means heat has laid away all the water he has earlier drunk. Thus we know that root of the body is food, and root of the food is water, and the root of the water is heat. So, root of the heat is of course that original being from whom or from where the heat first emitted. Now Swamya, what it means? When they say the man is dead, it is the speech that goes first, merging into the mind so that even when his voice is weak, a man is still able to think and remember. Then the mind goes, merging into the life breath or prana so that even when a man does not understand anymore, he is able to breathe and thus stay alive. Then the life breath or prana goes away merging into the heat and very soon after the heat leaves merging into the same pure being from where it had emitted and that pure being is the root the finest essence of all that is the truth of the universe that is the reality and that very same that shwetketu is your essence too that dear one who you are that Tvam Asi, Shvetketu, Tat Tvam Asi, that art thou. As he heard the Mahavakya from his father, Shvetketu's hair stood up on his end. His realization of the essence of being, the thing that had made him him, was no different, apparently, from the essence of the universe. The same energy that is allowed him to think and understand, remember and speak, and also cause sun, the stars to shine, and the seas rise and fall, and rain to fall. Shvetketu contained with him the power of the cosmos. It was the tremendous revelation crashed into his consciousness, just like a storm crashes into the coast. Since consciousness or Chaitanya is one and indivisible. The same consciousness animates both the individual and entire cosmos or space. Mesmerized Shvetketu with folded hands asked his father, Tath, please tell me more. They went to a nearby garden which was in full bloom. Flowers of different colors and shapes danced quietly in the cool breeze. There, he showed Shvetketu the honey bees humming around the flowers, busy collecting the nectar. Udalakat said to him, Soumya, do you see those honey bees buzzing around the flowers? Shvetketu said, Yes, Tat, I see them. I guess they are all collecting nectar from different flowers. Udalakat said, Yes, dear child, now, Consider that bees that collect nectar from different flowers store them into honeycombs of a beehive. Once the golden honey is ready, different nectars are no longer able to say, 
I am nectar of this flower or I am nectar of that flower. Their individual sweetnesses have now merged into a homogeneous, delicious, whole golden honey. In the same way, Soumya, all individual, separate, different existences you see around, be it honeybees, flowers, dogs, worm, moth, tiger or wolf, merge into the pure being. That is why they all become and when they pass from their physical bodies with no memories, ever having been separate or different from each other. This is the Self or Atman of the world that is the finest, most subtle essence of everything. The soul is everything, the root of everything, the scaffolding on which everything else stands. That is the truth, that is real and this is your Self, your Atman too. Tat Tom Asi Shwetketu, that art thou. Completely bedazzled, Shwetketu was hungry for more. He pleaded again, Tell me, Tat, please tell me more. Then Udalaka took Shwetketu to the nearby river which was flowing with its full might. He pointed out at the river and said, Samya, the river flows into the sea. Some flow eastwards into the eastern sea while some flow westward into the western sea. All seas and oceans flow into each other. Once the river have become sea, they no longer able to say, Hey, I am water of this river of, or that river. As their individual waters have now merged into the ocean, it is from this very ocean that the rivers were born, although they do not know about it and it is into this ocean they eventually return. If one hugs one's individuality and then cuts himself off from the universal existence, one lives in the world of isolation of relative values. It is only when one experiences the truth that I am one with all existence that one realizes the Absolute as one own self. In this way, what appears a block or a hindrance becomes a help. Name and form turn out to be the modes of sadhana and the means of realization of truth of all existence as interconnected and interdependent on each other. That is the Self or Atman of the world. That is the finest, the most subtle essence of everything, the soul of everything the root of everything, the scaffolding on which everything else stands, that is the truth, that is the real, and that is yourself, your Atman too. Tat Tvam Asi Shvetkatu, Tat Tvam Asi, that art thou. After this, Udalaka took Shvetketu back to the huge banyan tree. He showed him the tree and said, this huge tree here, if someone cut at his bottom, the living sap would flow out of it. If someone cut it at its middle, the living sap will flow out of it. If someone cut it at the top, once again the living sap will flow from it. Life essence or jiva pervades the entire tree. And that's why even though the tree was hacked from various parts, the living sap flows out of it, but the tree itself does not die. It still stands tall and thriving in the soil, nourishing itself with water. But if someone tear off a single leaf, that life essence will withdraw from it and the leaf will die. It will wither and fall and will cease to exist. Similarly, if that life essence leave a tree branch and that branch will wither and fall off and if the self leave the entire tree, this huge tree which is vibrantly alive instantly begin to wither away and eventually die. So as it works for a tree, similarly it works for us too. The body dies when the living self leaves it, but certainly the self does not die. It is that living self, the life essence, that is the self, the Atman of the world, 
that is the finest subtle essence of everything soul of everything the root of everything the scaffolding on which the everything stands that is true and real and that is yourself your atman too tat tvam asi shvetketu tat tvam asi that art thou next udalaka asked shvetketu to bring a fruit of a banyan tree Shwetketu leaped up in the air and easily reached one of the branches which had many fruits attached to it. He plucked one of the fruit and gave it to his father. Here it is, Tath. I have got the fruit. Udalaka told him to break it open. Shwetketu broke it open and showed it to his father. Udalaka asked, Swamya, what do you see in it? I see only tiny little seeds father said Shwetketu very well then open that one of the seed asked Udalaka Shwetketu applied some force to break open one seed Udalaka asked what do you see my son Shwetketu replied I see nothing that then Udalaka said with a grin no this Swamya that nothing which you cannot see It is from that nothing that giant banyan tree grows. It is because of this nothing that all it exists. It is that nothing, believe me, that is the self, Atman of the world, that is the finest, subtle essence of everything, the soul of everything, the root of everything. the scaffolding on which everything stands that is the true and the real and that is yourself your atman too tatvam asi shvetketu that art thou tatvam asi mesmerize shvetketu ask for more okay then bring me some salt and a pot of water asked udalaka Shwetketu went to his home and asked his mother for some salt and pot full of water. Once he got them, he came back to his father. Very well, Shwetketu. Can you please mix this salt into pot full of water? Shwetketu immediately put the salt into the pot full of water and slowly mixed it. After a while, the salt had dissolved into the water. Udalaka suddenly stopped Shwetketu and asked, "Stop, stop, stop, stop." Can you please give me that chunk of salt? Shwetketu with a puzzled look said, "Father, it has dissolved completely into the pot full of water. How can you give you the chunk of salt?" <laughs> Now, okay. Then take a sip from the top layer of the water," asked Udalak. Shwetketu sipped from the top layer of the water. "How does it taste?" "Salty." It is salty," said Shwetketu. "Now take a sip from the middle portion of the water." Shwetketu did as directed by his father. He poured out a little of the water into another vessel and drank from the middle portion. "It's salty too," exclaimed Shwetketu. "Hmm. Now try to drink from the bottom portion of the water." Shwetketu did as told. He poured out little more water into another vessel and drank from the bottom layer of the water and said, "This is salty too, father." "Yes, yes, yes, you see, Shwetketu, the salt is everywhere, but you cannot see it, and so it is with the supreme self. It is everywhere, pervades everything, only we do not see it. It is that supreme self." Brahman it is the self the atman of the world that is the finest subtle essence of everything soul of everything root of everything the scaffolding on which everything stands that is the true and real that is yourself your atman too tatvam asi shwetketu tatvam asi that art thou then udalaka took another example shwetketu imagine a man from gandhar who is a complete stranger in panchal and has been blindfolded by someone 
is left to fend for himself. The poor blindfolded Gandhar man will go in all direction trying to figure out the direction towards his native. Maybe he will be crying out for help until some kind person removes his blindfold and shows him the way to Gandhar. Now, if he is sensible enough, the stranger will eventually find his way back by making sure to check in the villages and other landmarks along the way and will ensure that he is in the correct track to his native. Exactly the same way, a man in this world is lost, floundering in every direction, not knowing where he is headed, until he finds a teacher to show him the way. He knows that now he will find his way back home with the help of a teacher that is back to his own self. It is that self whose home lies within you. That is the self, Atman of the world. That is the finest, subtle essence of everything, soul of everything, the root of everything and the scaffolding on which everything stands. That is true and real. That is yourself, your Atman too. Tattvam Asi Shvetketu Tattvam Asi That art thou. After this, Udalaka took another example. Soumya, imagine a man who is gravely ill. His family members gathers around him and one of them asks the sick man, Do you recognize me? Another family member asks him the same question. No, 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 do you recognize me? As long as his speech has not merged into his mind and his mind into his breath and his breath into the heat and the heat into the original being, he recognizes them. But once the speech merges into the mind, the mind into the breath, the breath into the heat and heat into the pure being, there is no recognizing anymore. It is that pure being into which we all will eventually merge. That is the finest, subtle essence of everything, soul of everything, root of everything, the scaffolding on which everything stands. That is the true and real and that is yourself, your Atman too. Tattvam Asi Shvetketu Tattvam Asi Odalaka didn't stop his explanation. He kept on. Imagine a man who was a thief is caught. He's tied and being dragged to the public square. The mob shouting and cursing him. Thief! He stole others' possessions. He asked for him. If he indeed a thief and protest his innocence and takes the whole of the hot axe, his hands will burn. Everyone will know him for a liar. But if he is innocent and protest his innocence, then the axe will not burn him, for the truth will protect him like a shield. It is that shining truth, that ultimate truth, that truth that shields and protects, that is the self. The Atman of the world, that is the finest, the subtle essence of everything, soul of everything, the root of everything, and the scaffolding on which everything stands. That is true and real, and that is yourself, your Atman too. Tattvamasi Shvetketu, Tattvamasi, that art thou. Shvetketu now realized that spiritual life and the experiences embodies are not the creeds or dogmas. It is not a case of believing something which cannot be proved. In this way, faith by itself would be nothing other than mere opinions. Rational and reasoned belief makes faith a conviction since it is based on experience. This is the reason why this conviction is called Aparok Shanubhuti, the direct perception of the truth. We cannot perceive it with the eyes of others, for such seeing lacks individual basis. 
Absolute Brahman is the reality that radiates in and through everything in the universe. And this fact is not a matter of opinion or faith, rather it is direct experience. Friends, that was the story of Udalakaruni and his son Shwet Ketu. The significance of this episode is clear. One should experience the truth of life oneself. This is done by observation and an analytical understanding of what is observed. But what is observed and analyzed has to be an inseparable part of one's consciousness or chetana. This consciousness includes the analytical dimension but goes beyond to be part of the holistic awareness. In short, spiritual dimension includes the scientific but gives awareness of the cosmic reality. Wasn't it a beautiful story? Udalaka gave so many examples from daily life, so many metaphors, so that he can explain the concepts to Shvetketu. He explained Shvetketu the concept of Mahavakya, Tattvam Asi, which renunciated the oneness of the self and supreme truth nine times. It is also known as Upadesh Vakya, as Udalaka, who gives Upadesh to his son Shvetketu. The other Mahavakyas from Upanishads are Pragyanam Brahma, which is known as Lakshana Vakya, which is described in Aitariya Upanishad. It indicates the characteristic of the Supreme as Consciousness or Chetana. The third Mahavakya is Ayam Atma Brahma, which is also known as Anusandhana Vakya, because the seeker has to keep investigating through it. This Mahavakya was featured in Mandukya Upanishad. And the last Mahavakya is perhaps the most famous one and is Aham Brahmasmi, which is the Anubhava Vakya, as it reveals your experience of being one with Brahman. This Mahavakya was featured in Brihadaranik Upanishad. Doesn't the story send a thrill down your spine for each time the tremendous declaration Tattvam Asi is revealed? Isn't it amazing to think about the sages who compose Vedas and Upanishads were the first to even engage with the kind of fundamental question that Chandogya Upanishad concerns itself with? Where did the universe come from? What is it made up of? What makes it work? Who are we really? What is that allows a physical system like the body, which you can touch, see, smell, taste and hear, to produce a mental system like the mind and intellect, which you are aware of and can locate in the region of brain but cannot see? What is that that allows a mental system to produce an emotional system that you are aware of but cannot locate in the body? Does the emotions emerge from the brain or from the heart or from somewhere else? What is it? Who is it inside each of us that allows us to experience our feelings, thoughts, ideas and memories? What is the nature of the reality? How can we call this moment, this present, current moment at which we are listening to this podcast real? If this has receded into the past, into a dream-like memory, by the time we are done listening to this podcast, Vedas and Upanishad answer to all these questions such as Brahman, which in other words means consciousness or the absolute or the supreme self. Now friends, do you think Brahman to be the God? What is the consciousness or Chetana? I would love to hear more from you. Please email me your thoughts in my email address. Interestingly, few of the questions which Upanishad concerns so deeply, roughly 2500 or 3000 years back, and all these still among the most unanswered questions in science today. Another food for thought. Perhaps many of us have seen the movie Matrix. Don't you feel that it has been completely inspired from the concepts which we discussed in today's story? especially when Kinnav Reeves becomes the one. Isn't it that Tattvam Asi? You are the one. 
it is the indivisible part of the supreme being or the one also you may have seen another movie called lucy in which scarlett johnson ultimately merges into a usb drive which is filled with information of the universe it is the ultimate knowledge the ultimate truth and reality it is actually tatvam asi from today's story we know that the sages who penned the upanishads believe that there is absolutely no difference the original consciousness that created us and our own consciousness which allows us to feel think and experience the world in a very different way from how everyone else experiences it if you really believe this implicitly then sorrow cannot hurt you death cannot scare you life becomes a wonderful experience friends today's episode was quite heavy too many things to absorb and understand today's three questions are why do you think shwetaketu was arrogant after coming back from gurukul next question what are the four mahavakyas mentioned in the upanishads and the last question can you explain what does tattvam asi mean please write me back in my email address arghyathinks@gmail.com i'll be waiting for your email until then This podcast was created on Hubhopper Studio. Source content collected from various books on Upanishads such as Messages of the Upanishads by Swami Ranganathananda, Brihad Aranyaka Upanishad by Swami Madhavananda, Eight Upanishads from Advaita Ashrama, Upanishads.org, Vedas and Upanishads for Children by Rupa Pai and several other write-ups and thoughts on Upanishads. Background music is sourced from various royalty-free music sources, Apple Loops, Internet Archives with non-commercial 4.0 international license. Om Shanti chants are from YouTube source Gaia Sanskrit.